But let me ask you this. Let's, let's just let's take what we have right now, Gary, because I want to ask you some theological. Let's switch to theology for a minute. Okay. Okay. The average Christian doesn't necessarily follow all this. Our goal, you and I both as pastors and teachers, has been to try to guide people always. Matthew 4.4, 4, we live by the word, right? The word is central. So here we have, let's just take what he says as absolute fact, okay? Just for the sake of argument. Craft, pilots that are non-human. Theologically now, does this ruin your faith? Not at all. But, but it does beg the question, what do you mean by non-human? Uh, <clears throat> would these be what we would call spirit beings? Well, let's say that they're flesh, like they, okay. they're in the flesh with their hard, with their in the flesh ship, you know, disc. This is, this is made of metal that had to be mined somewhere. It's not just an illusion in the sky, yeah. right? So where'd the metal come from? It had to be mined somewhere and it, you know, had to be fabricated by physical something rather who's, who are piloting. And so Mr. Grush actually says that, uh, we have partial fragments uh, of intact vehicles. That's a, a quote in this article. And, and when he's saying that, he's, he's talking about a vehicle that carries non-human entities, and he talks about vehicles. And he talks about having parts of crashed vehicles and also total intact vehicles. Obviously, these have been reverse engineered. Obviously, given decades now of, of uh, people, ordinary men on the street, looking up, seeing one of these things come down and land, and then it takes off and disappears. Or it may be hovering, and suddenly, poof, it just winks out and goes somewhere else. And when you think about this, what are you thinking? Are you thinking um, a spiritual being? Or are you thinking about somebody from another galaxy? Or what are you thinking of? And I have thought about this for years, and I come down on the side of what the Bible would refer to as, as spiritual entities. That is to say, they are entities capable of altering their uh, disposition. So that they to, be, to be physical. We obviously know that from Genesis 6. Yeah. They could take on corporeal bodies, no, no problem. We see that in, in not only Genesis 6, but Genesis 18, the two angels that appear to Abraham, they're with, with the Lord, they're eating. Then they, in, in chapter 19, they go to Sodom and Gomorrah. I think what we, what I, what I will not do is just, it's too easy to say, oh, they're just demons. Well, I, I, that's to me that's so that's weak because a demon is a non-corporeal spiritual being that's looking to be embodied. We're not just dealing with a light in the sky where maybe you have a, 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 a an, an, see this is see this is where I think the government is tricky because I think the average average Christian might say, oh well, it's not physical. It's just a phenomenon. So they're going right. to buy into the government saying, say, no, it was just a light in the sky. There's nothing physical about it. But what we're saying now as Christians, we have to come to grips with this idea that this is not just a, a, a non-corporeal spiritual demon. This is actually a real craft that was put together and fabricated somewhere with, with real material that we are able to reverse engineer. See, to me, this takes it to a whole nother level of as a christian to say okay now i'm not saying gary 
that we have all the answers, or even that the Bible specifically is going to reveal all of the answers to who these who these other beings might be. Where did the craft come from? Did it come from another galaxy? Uh, in in my mind, I would say maybe it did. Does that bother, does that ruin my Christian faith? No. We do know that there's um, again the angels that are there, uh, good angels, bad angels, but uh, where where did this craft come from? Did it, was it mined? Was that hard material? Did it come from another solar system or whatever? Possibly. Does that bother me? No, it doesn't bother me at all because the Bible doesn't give us all of the answers as it relates. But the, that's, that's the one question. But the second question is, who are they? And what are they doing? And what's their message? Well, I take the biblical view, as you know, they are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Uh, the Apostle Paul, you know, talks about a man who went into another dimension. And Paul speaks of four dimensions, length, width, breadth, and height, and he just tosses that off like everybody knows it. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But he, he also talks about having gone to a place in another dimension which he was forbidden to speak of when he came back. And he called it the third heaven. And so we know that there are other dimensions, and we also know that there are renegades within yeah. those dimensions. The Bible is very, very um, persuasive in telling us about the history of man on earth. And uh, there are evil, rebellious sons of God uh, who have quite a history in the Old Testament. And they were able to manifest themselves to human beings and then disappear. And we have many, many instances of that in Scripture. And so I've always taken that view of what these quote-unquote UAPs are, UFOs, whatever you want to call them, unidentified objects are uh, like the ships who appeared to the prophet when the enemy was coming. Suddenly, a prophet was given a vision and he could see uh, ships on his side flown by angels who were going to defeat the enemy. That's a Bible story. And you have ships that manifest themselves. So do I believe it? Yeah, sure, I do. It's in the Bible. And that then that phenomenon of being able to move into our dimension and move out of it is biblical. I think that I agreed, Gary, because if you read the book of Hebrews, uh, or even even in the book of Revelation, there is a literal, I mean, there's a literal, I would even say physical uh, ark in heaven. There's a literal physical temple in heaven because we know from the book of Hebrews and even from the book of Exodus that Moses patterned the, the earthly tabernacle after the physical and literal one in heaven. Uh, it even mentions the ark being seen. It mentions an angel going over to the to the to, to getting some incense and and, th and throwing it to the earth. And so we have a, a throne. So I think oftentimes as Christians, we are very um, limited or narrow in our views that we think, oh, there's nothing else physical anywhere in the universe. Well, how, we don't know that. We don't know what else is physical in heaven. Uh, we, we just assume that angels are are just flying. There's no there's no verse in the Bible that, 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 as, that it says that angels were flying with their wings. We know know that cherubim and seraphim have have wings, but they have six wings. But in the sense of flying from outside of our our earthly atmosphere, uh, where did the angels you know they get dispatched? Gabriel gets dispatched from God down to earth. Uh, we, we don't know. We're, we're limited. That's all I'm saying is that yeah. 
But there's hints in the Bible, as you mentioned in 2 Kings 6, talking about chariots of fire and all that those mean. Were, were they literal or spiritual? I think they were cloaked because his uh, the eyes of the servant in 2 Kings 6, his eyes were open to see these 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 uh, chariots in Merkava, Merkavot, right? They, they, were they physical? I, I tend to think that they could be, but they were cloaked in some way. Yeah, or able to merge into another dimension. Right. You know, I, I think of Ezekiel's wheel, you mm -hmm. know, when it landed, and there's this incredible description of it in the Bible, which many people have tried to imagine, but it's way too complex. It's above our <laughs> ability. And yet, I, with all my heart, I believe in the reality of that vehicle, which was uh, flown by the Lord to Ezekiel, manifested itself, and if we believe Scripture, Ezekiel was even taken aboard this and given a ride, and he described uh, a force pushing down on him when it took off, which I've experienced yeah. in airplanes. Yeah. G-force, yeah. G-force. And so, to me— as, The hand of the Lord was upon him, so that's that's kind of—that's the imagery, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the pushing down. Mm-hmm. And, and he also heard sounds emanating from, from this vehicle. So, as a Christian, there's no problem at all for me to uh, imagine that such a vehicle exists. Neither is there a problem for me to imagine the dark side, and it also possesses such vehicles. Yeah. And they use their vehicles for very, very dark things that we read about. I mean, how many books have been published in the last 50 years on UFO abductions? Yeah, that's, that's by the dark side. Yep. And who are the abductors? See, that, that, let's, let's, let's summarize this because, you know, as, as more and more information, I don't trust the government. Uh, you know, this whistleblower, I'm not saying I trust him 100% either. But what, what we do know is that there has been an agenda within modern culture with all of the the movies and the media and 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 the films marvel you, you, yeah. to 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 create uh, a thought a, a mindset in, in the minds not only of 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 people but also especially the young people so as we come and we try to understand the nature of a great deception that second Thessalonians 2 describes we have to come and say hey if if a, if a, if an alien ship that according to this guy, a physical ship, if that physical ship showed up tomorrow, and as we've you mentioned or you wrote about in in the Project Jehovah, that there's been this agreement by these non-human entities, physical non-human entities with governments around the world. This isn't just this is global. He mentioned that too that this is global. Does it go? Oh my gosh, the Bible's wrong? Not at all. What what the real question? See again, we just say, hey, the Bible doesn't give us. All of the answers, God says he there's there's mysteries that he holds to himself. But we what we do know is fact. Jesus is the only way. So again, I always joke that I want to go up and shake their hand and say, "Oh wow, look at you! You got a handshake." Uh, one question for you: Do you believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the Living God, and salvation is found only through Him? That's a yes or no question. Yes. Don't, don't spin me. You know, so w when we ask these these questions, it'd be like, well, I was your creator. No, that's not, I don't care about that. Do you acknowledge that Jesus is the Messiah? And that is the determining factor. And I think for the most part, the average person, we just talked about a post-Christian America, the average American out there, th they're not going to think that way. So for no. them, this <clears throat> deception, this del delusion that's coming, could it be connected with some sort of massive amount of malevolent deception? You, you mentioned uh, abductions. There's been, I mean, J. 
John Mack and Bud Hopkins and David Jacobs, Carla Turner, all these these PhD people, they've done research on this. What we do know, what I imagine is good angels are not going to come down to deceive humanity. These these are malevolent that they're they're bad in some way, but we don't have all the answers. Well, let me just quickly say that, that what you're describing sounds like what we've always called the supernatural. <clears throat> In other words, supernatural being something beyond a dimension as the devil and his angels and the, the good angels of the Lord. And there are these celestial battles that have gone on in the past. And they're going on right now, I believe. And uh, there is a battle in the heavens, and there is another dimension above us. The Bible is very clear about that. And there is a contest to see who can win human souls. And um, Christians, I think, you know, evangelical Christians, people who are out there wanting to spread the gospel, uh, understand that there is a, a, a dim dimensional, hyperdimensional battle that sometimes bleeds through into yeah. our dimension, and we see it maybe in the form of UFOs at night for just a few seconds, and pop, it's gone again. But maybe it chooses to manifest itself as something metallic. Yeah, physical. Mm -hmm. Physical. Mm -hmm. And it has done so, and if if the the information coming out from the, from the government is true, They've got the parts and pieces to prove that, that whatever these things are on the other in the other dimension, when they come into this dimension, it's possible for them to crash and burn. Yeah, that, see, that's the key. And I think as we end this segment, uh, people, as you, if you're a Christian, I would just encourage encourage people that don't 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 buy into the deception uh, right. of what they. Um, what they could or couldn't be, or that, that there are saviors, there are creators, progenitors, whatever. But on the other hand, don't deny it either. I don't. I think Christians shouldn't put their head in the sand and go, "No, it can't be true. It can't be true." The Bible would say, "Well, hold on a minute," because in Daniel ten, we get this. We get little glimpses. God gives us enough to say, "Hey, there's more. Be humble. There's more behind the scenes than you realize." That the angels is dispatched to go to Daniel, but yet he's he's hindered by another evil angel, an evil prince. And he says, I had to call Michael's help to come help yeah. me. And so Michael comes. And so it, the, the thing for me is th this fighting, this hindrance, it was a, it was a, it was a spatial location. He was dispatched from heaven to come down to physically be in Daniel's presence, but he was physically hindered for 21 days. Yes. Right until he got reinforcements from Michael. So this isn't a figurative battle. This is a literal spatial battle. Uh, when we go to Revelation twelve, and we see Michael and his angels fighting against Satan and his angels, is this a figurative battle? Or are they just having a spiritual figurative, or is it real? Is it somehow physical behind the scenes, interdimensional behind whatever kind of what we saw in Second Kings six? So I just encourage people, yeah. hey, at the end of the day, the Bible does give hints of this. And there's so much that we don't know. We're not here claiming to know, but we know enough to recognize that there are these physical things behind the scenes. You know, I have to say something right now because it's, it's just bursting out of me. Uh, secular man, men who do not believe in the Lord Jesus as Savior or the Bible or whatever, have attempted to crack the code on, on uh, the things we're talking about. 
by writing science fiction. Science fiction started back in the 19th century and then in the beginning of the 20th and up to the middle of the 20th, it was just, it boomed. Everybody knows about science fiction and Star Wars. Uh, a uh, satellite physicist, a, a, a man of, of mathemat mathematician, became a sci-fi writer. His name's Arthur C. Clarke. He actually helped to design systems that became satellite systems, but he, he wrote a book about <clears throat> a vehicle, like the one we're talking about, that landed on planet Earth, and it carried a savior. And this savior had spoken with man by long-distance radio for a long, long time before the craft landed. When it finally landed and he stepped out, guess what? He, he had a red skin, strange eyes, and a forked tail. And Arthur C. Clarke is raising the question, who are these people that are coming? I mean, in his sci-fi way, he was asking a biblical question. Yeah. And the Bible answers it. Yep, I think when we, it comes back to, again, that ultimate question, I don't care who, who you are, Paul said it in Galatians 1, I don't care if an angel from heaven comes, if he comes with any other gospel, chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, any other gospel, let him be anathema than that which Paul preached, and that is the exclusivity of Jesus Christ as the Savior, the Creator Himself, uh, the one who came down uh, in the flesh, because, again, the spirit of the Antichrist denies that Jesus came in the flesh. So it's a denial of Jesus, no doubt. So as we think about the future and as we think about what's happening, uh, one of the, the biggest things as we see uh, in, in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus said it, Paul said it, John said it in the book of Revelation, that deception, make sure that no one deceives you. And the only way that we're not going to be deceived through all of this information, I mean, this is, this is powerful information here by a whistleblower and Again, I'm not saying that he's right, but even if we take it as fact, it doesn't bother my faith because we are rooted in the foundation of these, of these scriptural principles, but also that scripture does teach about these other crafts, these other Merkavot, these other chariots, whatever that looks like, Ezekiel 1, 2 Kings 6. Um, we well, just you go. Know, Arthur Clarke <clears throat> titled his book, Childhoods and with the idea that at some point humanity is going to see the stark truth when that individual steps out of that ship and it's realized, wait a minute, this may be the enemy who has been presenting himself to us. As an angel of light. As an angel of light. And that is so biblical. Yeah, I think, Gary, you and I, I mean, this is going to be fun to watch because we, you know, we've been watching for years, but really from 2017 uh, with Fox News and Tucker and others, it's becoming like every few months now we get more information of especially what L.A. Marzulli talks about the disclosure. You know, we've done films where we're on the ninth rung of the ladder. Well, I was talking to him last week and he's like, I think we're on the 18th rung now, you know, because disclosure, which has been yeah. um, really predicted for a long time, we're, we're living in it. This, this is the soft disclosure that's coming out because you hear you have a whistleblower coming you have the official pentagon narrative denying it going well this guy but yet he's got incredible integrity and credentials um testimony from people the congress is going well what, what's the real truth and also if you bring in there's no doubt the black ops uh, of other things the military black ops they have a, a desire to keep this information from being known because it is a national security issue, not only for what they can do to us, but also what we've accomplished on our own in the re reverse engineering. 
How much have we done? Do, are we going to, you know, let our let our cards out? Don't get me started. I, I have made a study of this over the years, and, and reverse engineering has brought us everything we call high tech, including what's morphing into AI, yeah. which is very scary, by the way. And uh, I want to read a sentence, and, and this would be a, a good way to bring this to a close. Jonathan Gray is a generational officer of the United States intelligence community with a top secret clearance who currently works for the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, where the analysis of UAP has been his focus. Previously, he had experienced uh, serving private aerospace and Department of Defense Special Directive Task Forces. He's way up there, and he says, the non, and this is a quote, the non-human intelligence phenomenon is real. We are not alone, he said. Retrievals of this kind are not limited to the United States. This is a global phenomenon. We're talking about the Chinese, the Russians, mm -hmm. people all over the world. They're getting little bits and pieces. It reminds you of, of the, the story that you read <laughs> in the book of Enoch, where a group of angels came down and gave technology to man. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is it happening again? And he says, this is a global phenomenon, and yet a global solution tends to elude us, he said. That's where we are. It sounds so much like the things mentioned in Bible prophecy to me. It really does, Gary. And as we, over the past few years, we've seen the trend, I mean, the word global. When, when, I, when I see things that are globally affecting uh, the entire planet, you know, whether, even whether it's COVID or, or anything else, you know, regulations, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. I tend to think this is this contributes to the end of the age scenario. Yes. Now, as a preacher person, uh, we don't know how far how, how far along when the rapture is going to happen. How much of this we'll be able to navigate along, or whether it's going it, to it's not going to totally appear after we're gone because it's already appearing now. Right. So it's setting the stage for when the rapture does take place, and for potentially there to be a alien type. Will the Antichrist be connected somehow with the with an alien idea or a non-human? What this guy says, this this guy's saying it. So the, the stage is being set. I think let's end it here in the sense yeah. of as a Christian, uh, this is exciting because and it doesn't hurt our faith at all. We come no. back and we go, no, there's hints of it all throughout the Bible. And at the end of the day, we recognize this is contributing. We, we are going straight. I mean, like oh, the, the slope, I like to run hills, and but the slope is getting f steeper and steeper as it comes in that certainly faster and faster to the end game. I would just ask you one question, rhetorical question, Mondo. <clears throat> You've read, have you read, I'll make it a question. Have you read Re Revelation? Of course you have. And what do you see after the opening of the seals? You see all kinds of strange creatures rampaging over the earth and m making an, an absolute misery of, of the surface of planet earth. And you think, well, where did they come from? Well, my goodness, it's like almost like sci-fi. They almost came from outer space or something like that, except we're talking about the Bible. And we're talking about something that's in our future. And you and I, I think, both believe we're seeing a, a bit of a foreshadowing of the things to come. Absolutely. You know, Gary, this has been a great conversation. You know, it's it's 
here we are. Good podcast. <laughs> so for those listening, appreciate you listening as well. And, uh, you know, keep watching, as Gary likes to say, because there's a lot going on. Things are happening on, a, on an almost daily basis. Yeah. And uh, subscribe to the channel. We'll continue to keep you informed from a biblical perspective. Mondo, and, it's been great. Thank you. Amen.